Step 1. Go to Google. Step 2. Type in sexual assault statistics. Then, boom! In big, bold letters, the words pop up. More than one in three women and nearly one in four men have experienced sexual violence involving physical contact at some point in their lives. One in 20 women have said to have been raped in their lifetime, while one in 71 men have been raped or suffered an attempt within their lifetime. To find out these facts, it only took me 13 seconds. These so-on-so numbers are not just statistics we look up. They are humans that will live the memory of their assault for the rest of their lives. In these statistics listed above, majority of the sexual assault cases seem to have been where women were the victim. The fact is true when it comes to ride-sharing apps also. In this episode of Gen Z Under the Microscope, we will analyze the victims of ride-sharing assaults who are less spoken about in the media. This is Gen Z Under the Microscope, Episode 3, Ride or Die, Part 2, and I am your host, Avery Cohen. To start off, if you missed last week's episode of Ride or Die, I would definitely go back and listen to it right now. A lot of this cast will refer to info discussed in episode 2. As a quick recap, in episode 2 of Ride or Die, we discussed the new market in riding apps and how Gen Z might be too trusting of these apps, like Uber and Lyft. If you remember back to the multiple incidents I discussed in episode 2, every single case involved a woman victim and a male perpetrator. I looked back on this episode and I wondered why. I didn't do this purposely for the sake of the cast. It just so happened that my research led me to this conclusion. After the cast, I took a moment to stop and reflect. Not every single case is like this. Then why is all of the research and things that I found involve women being abused and men being the cause? I began to investigate more and more looking for anomalies and trying to advocate for those who do not get posted on the front page of the news articles. I thought for a second also that maybe just because the women are the victim, they get posted more because that's the trend that we've seen throughout history. After doing much more research, I have a ton of information I had to share with you guys to give you the best overall review of these writing apps. Let's begin with a man named Samuel. Samuel was a Lyft driver in LA for a long time. He had given almost 3,000 rides. Then he had one passenger who quickly moved too close to him, pulled out brass knuckles, and told him to hand over his iPhone and debit card, and ordering Samuel to detour into a residential neighborhood. He ended up stealing almost $1,300 from Samuel, and he got punched and attacked and was left to trip and stumble another 30 feet down a road. He ended up taking three months to recover. He was unpaid during this time. Lyft did not refund him for any money lost, and he was left with this emotional trauma. He quit Lyft once he recovered, a job that he used to love, and is now a pizza delivery man. This is the first incident I have seen where the passenger is the attacker. Also, this is a rare case of an attack on a male. It really brings out the point that these companies are unsafe for all users, not just the riders. Another realization I had from this article in particular was that ride-sharing companies are much more attentive when the passengers complain because they are the people that build their reputation and eventually make them money. When the victim is the driver, sadly, the companies can't care less. 
They simply ignore the issue and just hire somebody else. Lyft did not help Samuel get a penny of his money back, repair his car, any of his medical treatment, or his emotional trauma. He has a family he needed to support, so sadly he had to quit a job he loved because of he felt so unsafe and the company didn't do anything about it. So at least as a pizza delivery man, he feels safer, but he's not making nearly as much money as he did as being a driver. But overall, his safety has to come first. Passengers complaining will hurt their reputation, so companies care about those cases and take care of them immediately. Whereas when the driver is the one that has an issue, they just simply fire them and move on to the next person they want to hire. Many passengers still do not feel like the companies do enough to make them feel safe since they technically have to sign their rights away when signing up for these apps. This incident is just another reminder that men are unsafe while using these riding apps just as much as women and that the drivers are also just as unsafe as the passengers feel. Overall, something needs to be done about this and we can't just sit until more and more cases keep coming up. It has been a known statistic for a while that attacks on men have to do with physical violence a lot more than sexual assaults. This does not mean that a sexual assault on a male is unheard of. One incident involving Uber occurred only a few years ago in New York City. A man named Kevin Coe was sexually assaulted by a male Uber driver in New York City. In his own words, I was sexually assaulted advanced and forced without consent by the Uber driver to touch his erect genitalia during the ride. Co wrote in a Facebook post on Friday, He grabbed my left wrist with physical force out of nowhere and placed my hand on his genitals, not once, but twice. End quote. When Kevin called to report the incident, the person on Uber's emergency hotline laughed at him. All Uber did was send him an email saying they were sorry and refunded his ride. They also removed the driver from Uber's platform, they claimed. The passenger is still scared because that driver knows where he lives and has constant anxiety because of this. No arrests have been made. Riding apps are extremely popular these days, but they have been getting many complaints and lawsuits too from drivers and passengers, which society is beginning to take note of. Writing apps remind me a lot of utopian societies. Utopian societies are a solution to make the world perfect and everybody happy. But in reality, they never work. Same with writing apps. Writing apps are great for convenience, but in the end, nobody is safe, driver or passenger, when that car takes off. Sadly, this is not new to the world, but is being made more aware of now. Ubers and Lyfts are modern-day taxis. Taxis have been around for decades, and depending on where you are in the world, they were sometimes unsafe too. Sometimes they still are today. But the way riding apps are used today and the people who use and drive them make the situation much more unsafe than a taxi. Taxis are monitored much more strictly and have stricter protocol by the state that they're in. Ubers and Lyfts are a private organization and have more flexibility, and you could really be with anybody behind that wheel. It seems that we are moving backwards in the efforts to end violence, even though these riding apps are supposed to be a better for society. Another downfall of riding apps is that the victim rarely knows who the attacker is. 
Uber and Lyft refused to release their information to save their reputations, and sadly, these cases rarely close. Before writing apps, most victims knew their attacker, but about 80 to 85 to 90 percent of sexual assaults reported by college women are perpetrated by someone known to the victim. About half occur on a date. The most common locations are the man's or woman's home in the context of a party or a date. Now, all statistics are changing because of the way that we use technology. The world has never had to deal with something like this before, and now that writing apps are so embedded into the way we live our everyday lives, it will be a challenging task to solve because nobody's had to deal with something like this before. All in all, the idea of writing apps seems like a great idea. The way that these apps are used, though, is causing too much danger for everybody involved. Uber protests have occurred, and people are really beginning to speak out to inform others about the traumatic incidents and the dangerous habits of these apps. People are beginning to see and trying to stop the dangerous environment of writing apps that are created. Unfortunately, even with all of these people speaking out, having these one-on-one -on -one experiences with these writing apps, people in authority are still not doing anything to change society's bad habits. A substantial amount of people still use the apps like Uber and Lyft regardless just because they are convenient. People think it is worth the risk because they are really not informed about the dangers. So, is there a solution or will violence and greed get in the way of the safety of society once again? As hopeful as I want to be, I don't see the solution being solved anytime soon. With everything going on in this world, it's the people's job, especially Gen Z's, responsibility to come together and fight for our safety. As long as people use these apps as much as we do today, we cannot get anything done. I say we need to boycott these apps or at least try to use other methods of transportation until large companies prioritize our safety and their driver's safety to make sure that the people driving these vehicles are equipped to and that everybody feels safe that's involved. On the other hand, let's say all of this does happen. The passengers could then take advantage of the drivers just like they did to Samuel. Who is to say the drivers are safe as well? Will the cycle ever end? Share your thoughts below. Maybe you can be the one to find the answer. Thank you for listening to Gen Z Under the Microscope. See you all next week.